This is a Shir on Likutei Sichais, Chelek Yudzayin, Book 17 of Likutei Sichais, the Parsha of Achrei Mois, the third Sicha in the Parsha. Wow, is what I got to say before we start. This is a, a, a journey, beautiful journey. Let's jump in. We talk about the Vidui, is the confession, the utterance of uh, declaration of past sinfulness. Vidui, confession, we usually translate it. Vidu means to to say verbally. So when we talk about the vidu of the Kohen Gadol, when he takes out the soil, when he takes out the goat that needs to be sent away, so the pasuk says, that he should confess for all the sins using the word avoin. Sins of the Bnei Yisrael, that's called Pish'eim, and all their sins, again, using the word Pish'eim, L'chol Chatoisom, and all their Chatoim. So the male learns about this, that from this we understand, the way that you say Vidui, the way you say confession is, Ketzad Misvad, how do you say confession? So first you say Avisi, like it says in the, in the post we read, Avainais, then Poshati, and then Chotosi. The Chachamim say, not like Rameh, they say, Let's look at what the words mean. They not just all. They don't just all mean I've sinned. And so then, they all mean I sinned. You can follow the the order in the Torah. What's the difference? Sin, sin, sin. No, it's not. They don't just mean I sinned. Avinus means I've sinned. Avinus referred to sins that were done zedinus that were done willingly. In other words, knowingly. Pshoi means those that were done rebelliously. In spite. Chatoim chatosam. Chatoisom is those that were done inadvertently. So since the Torah, uh, so, so one second, we're going to do a confession now. We're going to ask Hashem to forgive us for sins. So if you already, if the, the order Rabbi Meir was proposing, based on the Torah, is first saying for the advertent ones, the, 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 the intentional ones, then speaking to the rebellious ones, and then speaking about the inadvertent ones, the ones you didn't do on purpose. How does that make sense? If Hashem is, if you already asked Hashem for forgiveness and you've been done to shuva for the ones you did on purpose and the ones you did uh, rebelliously, you're going to start asking now the third in line. Thank, please forgive me, Hashem, for the ones I did unintentionally. And therefore, the chacham say, no, the order has to be ask Hashem forgiveness for the inadvertent ones. The intentional ones and the rebellious ones in that order. So, let's see how that translates to us because when it comes to the vidui that every Jew is obligated to say when he does teshuva, the Rambam says, how do you do the vidui? Ketzad misvadim, how do you do the confession? First you say, please Hashem, I beseech you Hashem. I've sinned chotosi, I've sinned inadvertently, obviously, I've sinned intentionally, pashaiti, I've sinned rebelliously in front of you, lefanecha before you. And I did this and this. And I regret and I'm embarrassed in my deeds. And I'm never going to come back to do this thing. This is the main thing of confession. So we have to speak the... In other words, we have to spell out the... Right? Inadvertent, intentional, and the rebellious. Later, the Rambam says about the vidu that we supposed to say on Yom Kippur, he says that the confession that the Jewish people have had the custom to say always is, Avol, 
we're not going to run away. The introduction to this is, can't even have a saying of Almighty God. May our praise come for you, because we're not impudent. We're not chutzpahdik. We're not uh, stiff-necked to say that we're righteous and we never sinned. No, no, no. We sinned, and then we say what kinds of sin we have sinned. We have sinned. All of us have sinned. And that's the main confession, without specifying the details of the sin. And that's the way the Tur and the Ramah also bring it. And the Al-Tarebbe brings the Aruch, if a person just says when he confesses, I've sinned, he did the mitzvah of confession. So we have to understand. It's, it seems to be that just by saying chotosi, remember the word chet refers to inadvertent sins. If a person just owns up to having sinned, the meaning of that word is inadvertent, that sounds like it's enough to do his teshuva, even for the, uh, the the ones he knew about and the rebellious ones. How can that be? How can he just be apologizing, so to speak, or admitting to doing unintentional sins, and that will be enough to be a confession even for the intentional and the rebellious ones? Base. Continues the Rebbe, even though the Iker Haviduit, use the language of the Rama, the main bidi, the main confession is saying Chatosi, and with that he fulfills his obligation of doing the mitzvah of Vidui, However, lechatchila in the best case scenario, in order to have a complete fulfillment of the mitzvah vidui, so you have to say like the Rambam wrote earlier: I beseech you, Hashem, on Hashem, chatosi, I've been inadvertently sinned, I've intentionally sinned, and I've rebelliously sinned. Gotta spell them all out: three kinds of sins. And now, I'm embarrassed, and now I have regret that I did these things. I'm not going to go back and do it. Moreover, in the Sefer Hamitzvahs of the, the, the Rambam, <coughs> the Rambam says that in vidui. You also ask for kapora. You don't say, I sinned with the three kinds of sins. You ask for Hashem to forgive you. So really what it seems like is, what comes out is, that there's two parts of this process. There's one, what we call ikaravidi, the main process of confession, which is, or the mitzvah of confession, which is just saying, chatosi, I've sinned, without clarifying what kind of sin. And two, there's the shleimu savidu, there's the complete, um, complete completeness of confession, which is there, there's some other details. You say, what kinds of sins? You ask for forgiveness. Similarly, when we talk about teshuva in general, we find that there's these two concepts. There's the actual mitzvah of teshuva. And then there's the complete fulfillment of that mitzvah, to flesh out that mitzvah. In other words, there's the essence of the mitzvah and there's the, the, the wholesomeness of the mitzvah. And we could say, as we're going to speak later in chapter 5 of the Sikha at great length, you have, to, you have to take the sikha like kind of realize he's building up to a to painting a, a, a beautiful picture and getting parts and parts and then the Rebbe will paint the whole picture. So let's say, we could say therefore that the mitzvah, since the concept of vidui, of confession, is not just a side issue of teshuva, it's the expression of tshuva verbally. In other words, there's tshuva in the heart. And then there's the expression of vidui. That's why the Rebbe says, in the order, the Rebbe points out, that the Rambam says, anybody who confesses and doesn't intend, somebody who says the verbal confession but doesn't intend in his heart to do teshuva, it's like he went into a mikveh holding something impure. <laughs> he, 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 he puts himself in the mikveh, he's supposed to purify himself, but he's hanging on to the impure thing that keeps making him impure. To say a verbal confession when you don't mean it, doesn't work. In other words, it's a, it's, it's, there are two sides of one coin. The feeling of heart that you regret, that you're not going to do this anymore. You're changing your, your habits, as we'll explain later. The tshuva just means starting to do the right thing. Expression of that is 
in the vidui. So there are two parts of really one thing. So therefore we could say, says the Rebbe, that they're actually also, the same way we just said, that there's the iker of vidui. Right? There's the main mitzvah of vidui, just say chatosi. And uh, that would correspond to the iker of tshuva, the main thing of tshuva. There's the mitzvah of tshuva, and it's enough to say, I've sinned. Based, there's the shleimus of confession, which is the completion of confession, where you, you flesh out the different kinds of sins you're saying, you're confessing to. And that would correspond to the fact that there's other aspects of tshuva which create the entire panorama of tshuva, which need other details. You understand? So the vidui, vidui and tshuva are two parts of one thing. Tshuva is the feeling. Vidu is the expression of that feeling. So there's the main feeling, the fleshing out of it. There's the declaration, main declaration. There's the details of the declaration. So first, let's go on a journey a little bit into the Braisa, into the opinion of the Tanoim, the rabbis of the Mishnah, Gimel. In order to understand this, first we have to understand the Machleik is the argument of the Tanoim about the Chiluke Kapara, the various components, or um, I shouldn't say, Chiluke Kapara, various um, divisions within kapara, kinds of kapara. So the, the Bryson says like this, Lamas Yobin Chorosh, asked Rabbi Lazar Azari in Rome, he says, I've heard that there's Arbo Chaluke Kapara, Shehoya Rabbi Yishmol Deresh. Rabbi Yishmol spoke about three kinds of kapara, three kinds of atonement. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lazar Azari said, no, Shloishem, there's three. And Teshuvah which eat, with each of them. So now let's listen, there's two ways of learning this three. Rabbi Lazar Azari says three, let's say, how do these three work? I'm not going to make it with my fingers because then you'll, it'll give away how we count. So here's, the, here's, here's what the Gemara says. If a person does a, violated a doing mitzvah, in other words, he's supposed to say the Shema, and he didn't. And he does Teshuvah. He doesn't move from there until Hashem forgives him. In other words, he's, it, it, nothing else is needed except to return to Hashem. That he didn't do the mitzvah, and then Hashem forgives him, and it's complete. If a person violates a non-doing mitzvah, for example, Hashem said, don't do something bad, and he went ahead and did it. Now, when the person does teshuva, teshuva is the first step. It's toile, it, it hinges, it, it's, it's hanging. Yom Kippur comes and does the atonement. After Yom Kippur, he'll be forgiven. The next thing is, Ovaral Gris says, Mr. Beisden, if a person did something that earns him, God forbid, be cut off or to be killed by the Beisden, and he did teshuva, so teshuva and Yom Kippur are still only create him in a hanging state, toilin, but Yisurin, suffering, God forbid, to come upon him, those will be cleansers, and that will be the end of his joy. But if somebody has something that caused chilol Hashem, desecration of Hashem's name, then there's no power, the power of teshuva is not enough to, to, to bring him to a temporary hanging, holding position, not even Yom Kippur, and not even suffering. Yom Kippur doesn't atone him, and, and suffering doesn't cleanse him, but everything just brings him to a state of being hanging, so to speak, in other words, hinged, and then death cleanses him. So the Mephoshim asks, Rabbi Lezman Azayu speaks about, about three, he said there's only three, but he actually mentioned four, right? If you did, uh, if you uh, violated a, a doing mitzvah, which you didn't do, if you did something you shouldn't have done, if you did something, if one, I don't want to say you, if one did something that is uh, as, as a chorus or, or uh, you know, cut off or death by, by court, or if somebody did chilul Hashem, that's question of Gazim, that's four. So what, Ramasi Bukhari says there's four, Rebbe Lezab ben Azari said there's only three, but then he goes and mentions four. 
in the name of Rabbi Shmuel. So there's two explanations. How do you read these three out of these four? Aleph, you have the Marsha. And so it says explicitly in Yerushalmi that the Marsha says that Teshuva, since Teshuva is a requirement of each of them, so it's not counted in the differentiations of Kapara. We're, we're talking here about Chilukim of Kapara, different items of atonement. Teshuva is, is, is a given for all of them, so that's not one of the three. There's three items of Kapara, and that is Yom Kippur, suffering, and death. Then based, the Akedah says that when we talk about Chiluke Kapar, we talk about, uh, um, 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 I don't have, you, you notice I'm struggling with the translation, Chiluke Kapar, four kinds of atonement. So we're only speaking about things that bring atonement for a person while he's alive. Because, hey, if it comes after death, the dead, we're not going to count them as one of the kinds of atonement. We're going to, we only want to count Baalei Teshuvah, people that actually are alive. That's why Chilul Hashem, the question of Hashem's name, which only gets fully atoned once death comes, it's not part of those three. It's kept out of it. Because it only comes after death. We're, not, we're talking here about living people. Torah Mitzvahs are fulfilled as living people. Now, one of the difficulties in the first shot of the Masha is, according to his interpretation, that the difference... Uh, that what Rabbi Elazar Azari is saying that there's only three, not four. It's not really relevant practically la and it's not really a chiddush about atonement because both Ramasim and Chorosh who asked and said there's four, and Rabbi Elazar Azari said there's three. They both have the same opinion. <laughs> they both hold that if you violated, if you um, violated a doing mitzvah, which you didn't, if you omitted a doing mitzvah, teshuva is enough. Question is whether you count that or not. So, just a question about how you count. Also, um, also, you have to understand what is the thread of svara. What is the what is the logic behind their arguments? That the Masim Chorosh holds as four. Because he counts to Shuvah, Rabbi Lazar Nazai holds as three. What, what is, uh, what, why would one count to Shuvah, one couldn't count to Shuvah? What's, what's, the, what's the logic here with the Machlikas? Not just the argument, you know, in numbers. So that's where the Akedah learns that there's actually three. And he learns that what Rabbi Lazar Nazai was saying different than Masim and Chodesh is that Chilal Hashem is not counted because what he's expressing is he's saying, I'm only going to count things of atonement that are there from lifetime. After death, the word kapara is not really applicable. I don't want to talk about that. That's not one of the. Th- that's why we have three and not four. Three during lifetime. But even there, we have to understand. Since chil Hashem is the only thing is, it's not atoned for totally till a person dies. In other words, there is the Gemara says lo yechuper. The atonement doesn't come until death. That means then the atonement does come. So at least for the soul, there's an atonement. The Shama has an atonement. And in the world to come, he doesn't get punished. As the Gemara says, Ein maskinen leidover, la'onche alzeh chaz v'shalom b'elam ha'ad doesn't get punished in the world to come. So that is a kapara. So, so what's the difference here? Even according to the Akedah, why did Masim and Chorosh count that as kapara and Velezman Azari not? Even according to Velezman Azari, it does have some effect. It is a form of, of kapara. So let's see it like this. Dalit, Al-Tarebbe says, in the beginning of the Geras HaTshuva, Tanya, there's a Braisa. There's three kinds of 
atonement and teshuva needs to be with each and every of them. And he brings the three cases. If a person violated a, a doing mitzvah, as we said, if a person violated a not doing mitzvah, if a person violated something that earns him to be cut off or to be killed by Bezin, and then he concludes this ad kam l'shayna b'raisa, till here is the language of the b'raisa. In other words, Al-Tarebbe conclusively says, this is the b'raisa. Three kinds of kapara. He doesn't at all bring, and not even says, etc., to include the case of Chilul Hashem, which only death can really atone for. We understand from this, please, from the Al-Tarebbe, the Al-Tarebbe learned that Rebbe Lezim when he says there's three, he means to exclude, not the first one, mitzvah saseh, which just requires tshuva, and tshuva is just, anyway, they all require like the Masha says. But he counts, no, Chilil Hashem is the one that's not counted, because it's after death. The Chayda, why in Egeris at Shuvah, with Al Tareb explaining what the mitzvah of Shuvah is, and he explains what Shuvah is according to Nigla, the revealed aspects of the Torah, he explains what Shuvah is according to Sayyid, according to the esoteric aspects of the Torah. Why does he first have to give us this classification that there's three kinds of kapara and make a point? This is the language of the Brahsa, take out the Chilil Hashem. It's not part of the Chalukah kapara. So we could say this is actually the point. By defining the three kinds of kapoda right at the beginning, because Tshuva, the Al-Tarebbe is emphasizing that the complete aspect of Tshuva, the Shlemus of Tshuva, is what brings kapoda. is what brings kapoda. In other words, you want to talk about what is what is tshuva in its wholesome, most wholesome way? It brings kapoda, um, and that's why says that in square brackets here in the tshuva. He tells you about fasting, because in order to to affect a complete kapoda, you need to to be uh, you need to wash off the dirt and be beloved to Hashem just like before. And fasting helps for that, and that's part of the fleshing out of tshuva, and. From the fact that he says there's only three and Chil Hashem is not part of them, he's explaining that if you want to talk about kapara, about atonement, the way it's part of the mitzvah of teshuva, that's why we're talking about it in the epistle of teshuva, in the, in the, in the letter of teshuva, in the Geras teshuva, it can only be the kapara that's achieved by life and not what happens after death. Because one of the main aspects of teshuva is that it's a mitzvah, and a mitzvah is done by, during the lifetime, as we're going to say later on in chapter 8 of the Sikha. Again, as I said, we're building up. Hey, the explanation of all this. Right after bringing the Braisa at the end of Yuma, which Al-Tarebbe brings, Al-Tarebbe then says like this. He makes a very clear, definitive declaration. The mitzvah of from the Torah, is leaving the sin alone. That's all it is. That he makes up in his heart with a, with a firm heart. He's not going to go back and do the silliness, the wrongness. He's not going to transgress the mitzvahs of the king. From the fact that Al-Tarebbe writes, mitzvah of tshuva min is just bilvad, only leaving sin, we understand that Al-Tarebbe is saying that everything else that we like to talk about in tshuva, except for simply leaving the sin, is not part of the main uh, um, critical component of teshuva. Even Feelings of regret and confession. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I wanna, I'm gonna jump here just for a second, because I, this is the first. This sicha really, for me personally, a clarity about something that I grappled with 
um, in this in this topic. So I'm, it's not here. It's a little bit later in the sicha. Um, excuse me. Bear with me a moment. Um, um, So what does it mean to say, what, what is, aziva sachet, leaving, leaving the sin, the Alter Rebbe says this is tshuva, and that's, the Rebbe is pointing out that feeling regret and expressing your confession verbally, those are complete, the, those are fleshing out of tshuva. Tshuva is leaving the sin, what does that mean? I'm going to jump to page 200 in the Sikha, it's on, in, in the Ois test. I just want to point this out. The main, the writes again, we're going to be developing this theme, but I think it's important even to point this out here. The Iker Mitzvah Savidui, main Vidui, is to say I've sinned, okay? What does it mean, Aziva Sachet, leaving sin? Leaving sin means that you recognize your behavior wasn't good. It doesn't just mean you're in limbo now. It means that you're not going to do that again that means you're going to do the right thing. In other words, basically, aziva sachet means kabola habayi. There's regret. You're thinking, oh yeah, I did this and this and this and this. That's getting caught up in the past. Aziva sachet means leaving that. Uh, and now what? There's no vacuum in life. Doing the right thing. Recognizing you've sinned and basically leaving that and doing the right thing now. Chalota, which is regret, that's an additional aspect of tshuva. Speaking about what you did to express your regret heartfeltly, even, even verbally, sincerely, that's also a, an aspect of tshuva. But leaving the sin and doing the next right thing, that's tshuva. And you'll see it later, a little bit more fleshed out. So, the pile, where are we here? Um, So what's the Alter Rebbe saying? In Chayvah Salavavis, let's contrast it. In Chayvah Salavavis, in Bachia says that also charota, uh, um, also regret and verbal confession, together with leaving the sin, the Rebbe writes, if a Kabbalah haba and accepting for the future, leaving sin means living right now. It means in the future, doing the right thing. Those are all parts of Gidre Atshuva. Those are the parts of the definition of Tshuva. And they're what, what's called Tenoe Gidre Atshuva. They're the details of the, um, of, of the definition of Tshuva. And there, Rabbeinu Bachir Cheves says another 20 things. And also Rabbeinu Yenir Shari Tshuva considers these three things as the fundamentals of Tshuva. And then another 20 things that are more detailed Tshuva. So they are of the opinion, Rabbi Sadia Goen, Rabbi says in, in the footnote also, that there is leaving the Chet and basically intending to live properly now. And then there is regret and confession. Those are all critical components of Tshuva. The Al-Tarebbe though says the mitzvah of Tshuva is simply leaving the sin. And again, <laughs> I can't refrain from, from putting in here, and living properly now. If you're not living, if you're, if, if you're going to continue, if you're going to continue living the way you lived, then you didn't leave the sin. 
leaving the sin. That, that's all tshuva is. So from this we understand that the is of the opinion, yes, regret and verbal confession, they are gidreya tshuva, they are important. They are, they are part of the classification of tshuva. They are yisoyi tshuva, they are fundamentals of tshuva, but they're not etzema tshuva, they're not the actual tshuva. Etzema tshuva, the essence of tshuva is simply leaving the sin. And therefore, with aziva sachet, just with leaving sin, your yaitza, the mitzvah of tshuva. Vav, now that I've explained, the reason why the mitzvah of tshuva is mainly not the feeling of regret of the past, but the strong, hachlot, the strong resolution in your heart about the future, not to do any sinful behavior anymore. You see here, I hear the Rebbe um, explains, aziva sachet means the hachlot, the strong resolution to do the right thing going forward, is because the mitzvah of tshuva expresses itself in the fact about what you're going to do onwards. You should not be a rosh, you should become a tzaddik. It's not dealing, the essence of tshuva doesn't deal with the past. It's not dealing with the past that you should be forgiven or atoned for about what you did previously. In other words, the pile through tshuva, you also get atoned for the past. But that's not a part of the essence of tshuva. More than that, says the Rebbe. It's really only a a, 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 um, a follow-up that Abishta wants. Hashem wants that when a person does tshuva, it should be atoned for. But when a person thinks, what am I going to do? What is my job? My job is to leave my past way and live properly right now. Once you do that, then obviously uh, you get forgiven. But being forgiven is not the agenda, it's not the objective. The objective is now to do what does Hashem want to do it. And therefore, square brackets here. Therefore, even Rabbi Yena, that according to his opinion, regret on the past and confession is from the fundamentals of Tshuva. But he also doesn't count, interesting, he doesn't count the asking for atonement, the asking Hashem for forgiveness. He says, asking Hashem for forgiveness is prayer. That's not our job. That's asking Hashem. But Tshuva, the action of Tshuva is, of course, you want Hashem to forgive you, and you pray for that. The action of Tshuva is, as he said, leaving the past, regretting the past, and confessing. More than that, says, continues the Rebbe. It's not even a, 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 an imperative outcome of Tshuva. And it doesn't, for sure, doesn't stop the tshuva taking effect. In other words, there are some sins. For example, if somebody lived in a, an illicit marriage, lived with somebody that's forbidden to be married to, an erva, one of the uh, forbidden unions the terror counts, and he had an illegitimate child, a mamzer. So then, Yom Kippur and suffering doesn't do teshuva because that the legitimate child is still there in the world. However, the moment he does teshuva, he leaves that behavior, he's no longer considered a rasha, a wicked person. He's considered a yid who's oisa maisa amcha, who's doing, the, is, is, living, is living his life by doing actions the way amcha, your people, Hashem, does, does uh, he's one of the people, he's one of the full kosher Jewish people. Even though, talking about Atonement, atonement is not fully there because there's still, there's still um, a, 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 
a result of the sin. There's very, um, a lot of footnotes on the sikh, of course. Zayn. So basically the Rebbe has proven that being a, giving a forgiveness, that's not teshuvah. That's Hashem wants, that once a person lives a, good, lives a proper life going forward and so on, you know, you can pray that Hashem should forgive you. That's something else. It's possible that the person will not be fully forgiven, but yet alone he's, he's, doing, he's doing the right thing now and he's, he's doing what he's meant to be doing. And his tshuva is complete. You understand? Teshuva, returning to Hashem, and kapara being forgiven is, is not one and the same thing. It's not always that one will, will, will automatically result in the other. Usually it will. If a person is doing the right thing now, and he's, so Hashem will forgive him. Zayin. Nonetheless, the Al-Tarebbe brings in the Gersa Tshuva. If, you know, we said now, we just clearly defined that, the, that Tshuva is, in essence, leaving what you were doing and living, living the right way now. Nonetheless, the Al-Tarebbe brings all kinds of things in the Gersa Tshuva. Other things, not just that, so we understand, as we said, fasting and, and, and things like that. And for that, we understand that also atonement... Fasting is done in order to become forgiven by Hashem, right? So we understand that that must be also part of tshuva, because Al Tarebbe brings it in Nigaris tshuva. So here's the explanation to this: tshuva itself has two things. First of all, the tshuva itself, the essence of tshuva that the person does, and the essence of that, the definition of that is, as we said, living properly going forward. It's, a, it's tricky because we call it aziva sachet, leaving the sin. When I when, again, I'm just gonna. In case any of you have the same difficulty. When I hear Aziva Sachet leaving the sin, somehow my mind tells me regretting the sin. No, Aziva Sachet means leaving the sin, which means, practically speaking, living properly going forward. That's true. Living properly going forward. Then number two, there's the, the objective, in other words, the full rec- realization. The full realization. And in a way, what we're seeking and what is automatically a derivative of tshuva, a result of tshuva is that Hashem forgives us for the sins. To the extent that you become beloved and Hashem desiring you just like before the sin. And that's why together with leaving sin and just living properly now, there's other things that help to bring what is the full extrapolation or the full uh, outcome of tshuva to be totally accepted for Hashem. So for that, there's other things that participate in that. The feeling of regret, the confession. However, even though that's the outcome and it's the mevukish, that's the full, uh, that's the full objective of tshuva is to be totally one with Hashem the way you were before the sin. Nonetheless, as we said, none before. Nonetheless, as we said before, even if the tshuva doesn't lead to that outcome, that doesn't stop the fulfillment of the mitzvah of tshuva. N- not even the main objective of it, which is living properly going forward. Yeah. So even if a person is not forgiven, it doesn't matter. He still continues full on living properly going forward, He's, and that's tshuva. Says the Rebbe, um, there were, um, Cross-references here, a sicha, where, and that's other sicha, cross-references back here. Similar, it's not mamish the same thing, but similar to davening. There's two aspects of davening. On one hand, with davening, we, we ask for our needs. What's our objective? 
objective is that our needs should be fulfilled. We don't, we're not just asking for things. We want Hashem to listen to us. But what is if Hashem doesn't listen to us? What happens then? We didn't do the mitzvah of davening? What happens if you know for sure Hashem, He's going to say no? There's a passage in Yeshaya that says, Gam ki tarbu Even if the guy's davening a lot, I'm not going to listen right now. So they stop davening, you don't daven? Anyway, he's not going to listen? No, we have a mitzvah to daven. And you're doing the mitzvah of davening, even if you know for sure Hashem's not going to listen. Of course, yes. you're davening, you don't want it to be, of course, my intention is to get it fulfilled. But there's two, so it's not mamish the same, says the Rebbe. There's teshuva here, you got to do the right thing. Teshuva is doing the next right thing. Not doing what you were doing, lahaba, go ahead, do like Of course, what, you're, what, you're, what your objective is, you want to be with Hashem in oneness and completeness and a wholeness that, requires other things to be part of it, but it may not happen. It may be that there are certain things that, God forbid, are going to be still a stain on your, on, on your getting complete atonement. But your tshuva, the mitzvah of tshuva, is totally within your reach, because it means do leave, not doing that, that, that negative behavior, doing now, moving forward in the right way. So in, in those aspects of tshuva, to flesh out tshuva and to get a proper atonement, of course we need, there's other details. Chief amongst them being regret, charata, and expressing that regret by vidui, by sincere, sincere confession. Ches, as it's known, kiyam of mitzvahs in this world is neshamas and bodies. And it's not in Ganeidin after they leave the body. As our sages expound on the verse, ba sim chavshi, dead people are free. In other words, you can't do mitzvahs. We have the opportunity to do mitzvahs when we're neshamas and bodies. Same way, that fulfillment of mitzvahs is where the neshama is in a body. So also, the achievement of, that comes about through the fulfillment of mitzvahs, not the, not the, not, not, the reward comes to the neshama gan Eden. We're talking but when is the, 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 the union that we seek to achieve as a result of the mitzvah, right? From, um, from fulfilling the, the purpose of the creation, I've only been created to serve my master. I need to embrace the neshama shaskani. Or as it says, but before Hashem gave the Torah, He says, "You shall be for me a kingdom of koyanim, of priests, for God Kaddish, and a holy nation." Or as the lashon is in Chassidus, become b'tzavso mitzvahs from tzavso connection to become b'tzavso v'chibur, become connected with Hashem, with Hashem, mitzava mitzvahs who created them, who commanded the mitzvahs, bringing the air of the neshama to be connected with the body, refining the body itself. The body should become a, a, a receptacle, a keli for likus. That that's what mitzvahs are doing. So we understand to do this, the mitzvah of tshuva, that's what mitzvahs are doing, bringing body and soul together. It has to be when the body's in a soul, when the soul's in the body. So even though, that, and, and if, the, if the full mavukish, uh, if the full intention of tshuva, the full uh, successful result of tshuva is atonement, so that's mainly atonement that the neshama and the body experience together. Right? Um, and that's why says the Rebbe so I just want to go back to one thing let me, let me paraphrase it but this we understand the mitzvah of tshuva is ikra the main mitzvah of tshuva is the kapod of astut sechuf in the neshama of Yisrael when we're talking about the result of tshuva which is atonement the main aspect of that is the atonement that is achieved in the neshama the way it is uh, enclosed in the body on in the gufale. And this should be also achieved in the body itself, which excludes footnote forty-six. Rabbi Lezer Mendurdaya, who 
cried till he passed away, that's, a, that's an exception to the rule. That's not the way tshuva should be. And as we know from this week's passion, the two sons of Aaron, right? And perhaps the Rebbe says here, this is why the, the Rebbe, the Alta Rebbe says, don't fast, because fasting is breaking the body. It's not allowing Teshuvah to, 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 to be fully present in a healthy body. And says the Rebbe, that is the inner reason why the Alta Rebbe says, don't make too many fasts. And then he says that when there's a, a need to make fasts even more than the 252, if somebody's done a certain sin many times, so there's 84 fasts for a certain kind of sin, 84 times 3 is uh, 252, right? So if a person's done it many more times than three times, so the maximum that Al-Tarebbe says fast three times for that sin, three times 84, and the rest, redeem him with stucker. So that, the Rebbe says here, maybe it's not just a suggestion, the Rebbe is saying it's not a suggestion, it's dafka. Because more than that is gonna is gonna is gonna is gonna have too much of a negative impact on the body, and the purpose is not to escape the body. The, the full full mitzvahs have to be done neshama in body, and that's what we're talking about. Death that's gonna cleanse. That's already after. So, it is an Indian, It is a kapara. You also, without tshuva, you don't get that kapara. It's not automatic. So it is part of the mitzvah, but it's not. Um, it's not. It's it's not the full realization of the of, of of the mitzvah of tshuva, which brings atonement in the way mitzvahs are done, where it's neshama and body together. That's the chiddush of Rabbi Lezman Azari. He says it's not for the masim and You're talking about the. You're looking at the objective of atonement. Yes, death is one of those. So you have four. But I'm looking at the the. the um, Rabbi Lozman Azari says, I'm looking at kapara, the way it's connected to the mitzvah of teshuva. Or, the way teshuva does what it says in the Gemara, v'nakeh Hashem, v'nakul Hashem cleanses those that come back to him. That needs to be when a person's alive. It doesn't count after post-death. So that's why he only counts three. Those that the atonement is from life, while they're alive. And um, that's the main achievement of every mitzvah. Mitzvahs are done when the neshama and the body are together. That's also with tshuva. That's why when the Alter Rebbe brings the Geras HaTeshuva, the Alter Rebbe is speaking about the Kapora. When he speaks about atonement, he's not talking about the atonement as being the final objective. He's speaking about the atonement as being an outcome of the mitzvah of tshuva. So he brings the mitzvah of tshuva is neshama and body. There's three ways you do that. There's three aspects of Kapora um, based on three um, aspects of teshuva that the full realization of them can also be realized the way mitzvahs need to be properly fulfilled, which is the Shalman body. And therefore, Chil Hashem, which the only atonement really comes after death, is not counted amongst those three Chiluki Kapar Adal Tess. Same way that in Tshuva itself, there's those two things. There's the Tshuva, the essence of Tshuva we said, which is basically about moving forward. And then there's the Shalemis of Tshuva, there's the complete fleshing out of Tshuva, which brings also a atonement and a fixing of the past so also when we talk about the confession the vidui there's the way what is vidui vidui is an expression of the teshuva that was in your heart expressing it verbally so there's also two things aleph there's the iker mitzvah savidi the essence of the mitzvah vidui, which is saying i've sinned what does it mean i've sinned saying i've sinned 
is a verbal expression of the mitzvah of tshuva, the heart, which is Kabbalah Allah Haba, doing the next right thing. Why? Because when a person sincerely says, I have sinned, that means I'm recognizing that what I did today, till today was a sin. What that means automatically is that I'm not going to do it again. So what are you going to do the next second? I'm going to do the right thing. However, you don't in that declaration, I've sinned, just in the general, without going into the details of which sins. Just saying I've sinned, which means says, uh-oh, I'm not, till now, no good. Moving on to the right path. That's tshuva. Tshuva in the heart, accepting to do the right thing. That's tshuva verbally. Oops, no good till now. You don't have to even have to say, I'm going to do the right thing now. What would you say? No good till now, then obviously you're going to do the right thing now. However, you don't hear the regret here. Because by just saying khatasi generally, khatasi really could also mean you did it, literally it means you did it inadvertently. So the person's not giving credence and recognition to the fact that uh, he really messed up by willingly or perhaps even rebelliously doing sins. And then he doesn't feel, you know, when you say, oh, I made a mistake. And deep down, you don't really feel responsible for it. Either because... Uh, you know, so you feel some regret because, you know, something messed up through you. Uh, maybe even though you didn't intend it, but there's, you know, there was a, there's, there's a spilled milk here. There's Aveda. Some, there was a transgression of, oh, that, that transgressed over the, 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 the king's instruction. The king of the world, Hashem's instruction. But you could have various excuses for that in your own mind. And when you don't feel responsible for that, so it doesn't really make you feel so regretful. So in terms of the mitzvah of tshuva doing the right thing now, yes, oh, this was wrong. Mitzvah of tshuva is do the right, next right thing, good, done. But the shlemus base now, now we want to go to the completion of the mitzvah of tshuva. We talked the wholesomeness of vidu, of confession is, we express as verbally the wholesomeness of tshuva about how he feels regretful. And even some opinions say that he has to ask forgiveness by Hashem for doing what he did. The quote here is Zoyar when he says that some say this includes asking forgiveness for Hashem for what he did. The Zoyar says that. So then we'll understand why saying chatosi is not enough. Just saying generally I've sinned, which means even in inadvertent ones, it's not enough. It's not enough to get you to regret. The, the, the willing ones because just by saying khatasi generically that's just keeping you away from sin in the future now if you want to really do teshuvah and flesh out the teshuvah as we said that's to be regret and you have to flesh out the details so we walk away from this part of the sikha with a uh, beautiful understanding that there's ikar mitzvah and then there's the shleimus atshuva. Ikar atshuva is leaving the sin, and in other words, you're doing the right thing going forward. And it's enough for that. There's the ikar vidu, which is just to confess I've I've messed up till now. And then there's the shleimus atshuva, which that includes bringing yourself to be able to to be forgiven by Hashem. For that, you have to express regret, and to express regret in a way, uh, the vidui will be vidui. The confession will have to be with a detailed one, because if you don't express regret detailedly, you could still be telling yourself, oh, I, I messed up, but not really my fault, you don't feel so much regret. But 
Still in all, there will be a valid teshuva for moving forward, as long as you know that till now you were, it wasn't good and you got to start acting properly. Okay, yud. Now the Rebbe goes to, a, to a, an esoteric zone. We know that all the things of nigla the Torah, of the revealed aspects of the Torah, are connected. The, they're like the guf, the body of Torah. They're connected with the neshama of Torah. And even more so, they become, actually, it's not that we start off with the body and then we inject the soul. Actually, the soul, the body comes from the soul. The, the, the nigla Torah is a, 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 a histalshus, an extrapolation, and a chain of descent from the, from the neshama of Torah. So we understand that these two opinions in the Brisa are there three part, kinds of kapara or four kinds of kapara. We have this parallel in Pnimi Sater, the inner aspect of Torah in Kabbalah and Chassidus. So let's talk about the numbers three and four. So says that when we talk about kalim, about receptacles, about vessels, there's three levels. When we talk about Oiris, about the lights that fill those vessels, the godly lights, there's four levels. There's the three levels. Every, when we talk about kalim, receptacles, the purpose of receptacles is to receive the light. So the light is like, is poured into the kalim, er and kalim. So if you have three levels of kalim, of receptacles, so we have three corresponding lights, plus there's a light that's higher than being able to be received by a kalim. So that's four. So four lights, three vessels. And that's how we have also the division of the worlds, which you talk about. There's Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya. And... I'm just going to translate it here once. Bria, the world of creation. Yitzir, the world of formation. Asiya, the world of, of doing. We go down. Bria, Yitzir, Asiya. And then down, we're in the world of Asiya. Sheba, Asiya, the world of deed, of deed. But those three, those three worlds correspond to, as we said, three levels of kalim, of vessels. Atzilos, an emanation from Hashem, the highest of the four worlds, that's the the, the that that's already going on the level of lights, which we said are four, because that fourth level is higher than to be included in the vessels. It's the light that's higher than vessels. So now we'll understand the two opinions of Masyam and Kharish of Lazar Nazari. In Kabbalah it says that the four kinds of kapoda, let me just see what the ever quotes, Shara uh, Gilgulim, for that reason. The uh, Kabbalah it says that the four kinds of kapoda are corresponding to the four worlds of Atzilus, Bri, Yitzhira, Mitzvahs say doing mitzvahs are Asiya, mitzvahs later say Yitzhira, the mitzvahs that uh, the sins that are, God forbid, cut people off or get them, uh, earn them being eligible for capital punishment by based in therefore corresponding to Bria, and Chilul Hashem, desecration of God's name, that's the highest level of, of, of that's violating the highest world, which is Atzilus. But Masim Mecharash is speaking, therefore, he says there's four kinds of Kapara. He's speaking about Ur, um, he's looking from the perspective of light. The perspective of Ur, he speaks about four kinds of atonement that's needed for four kinds of sins. Now, Elizabeth Azariah is talking about the level of kalim, of a receptacle. So he talks about three kinds of kapara. He doesn't speak about chilashem, which is, I can explain to itself. They're both correct. Depends. If you're talking about the light, talk about the kalim. If you talk about the light, you got four, including atzils. Talk about the kalim, the light and atzils is higher than kalim, so you only have the three lower words. And this also actually corresponds with what we said in the revealed aspect of the, the of the Torah, which we discussed earlier, the opinion of Elazar Nazari is he doesn't count Chil Hashem. Why? Because that's only through death; it's not during a life. The neshama, the body. So when we let, let's understand the neshama and body are corresponding to Eris and Kalim. Neshama is like the lights, and the goof is like a keli, right? It's like a vessel for that light of the neshama. So Rabbi Elazar Nazari doesn't count Chil Hashem. Masim Chodesh counts Chil Hashem as one of the four because. 
um, from an Ashama perspective, right? The kapod the, of the, Echil Hashem is all he wants when the Shama leaves. That's like Atzilus. And that's Oyer. So if you're talking about Oyer, Neshama, there's four. From Nasim and Chodesh. If you're talking about the Kalim, Lesman Azaria, Revelation, body, the, the fourth one is a kapora after the, when, when the Neshama and the body aren't together. So it's not counted. Kalim has three. Yudalaf. We talked earlier that in Yerushalmi, and also according to the Masha, actually the Lesman Azaria does count Yom Kippur and, and suffering and death. That's, that's one of the three. He, just doesn't, he doesn't count the first one, which is only Teshuvah. Right? Remember, the first one was if you just violated a, a doing mitzvah, you omitted doing what you're supposed to do, just Teshuvah works. Well, we don't count that because all of, it's a given for all of the Chiluk you need Teshuvah. So we're only counting the things that require other things besides Teshuvah, which is uh, either Yom Kippur or together with Yom Kippur also suffering or together with that also death. Right? So in Kabbalah that tells us that he counts atzilus bria yitzira, right, and not asiyah, not the world of deed, because the word the world of asiyah, as we said, that pure tshuva, just tshuva alone, is is corresponding to the world of asiyah. How does that work? His explanation is like this: when we talk about three and four, they also sometimes in Kabbalah we also flip it and we say three speaks about lights. Before we said lights are four, right? The three levels that can enclose in vessels plus the layer that's higher, the light that's higher than Caleb. And now we say, no, it can be flipped. Three goes actually on Eris, and four on Kalim. How does it work? We know when we talk about the four spheres, there's four levels in the spheres. There's Chochma, Bina, Zor, which is Midas, Ze'er, Anpin, and then Malchus. So the first three, Chochma, Bina, Zor, they are the Mashpia. They are what are pouring light. Malchus is corresponding to feminine, is Mechabel, is receiver. It receives and then projects downwards to the next world. But in this world, it's the recipient. And that's why when we talk about Kalim as being recipient, the main, uh, the main tag for Kalim is Malchus. So according to this, the first three levels, Chachma bin and Zah, will go on Eris. They go on lights. We have three levels of light. Talking about four, that's already talking, the fourth level is Malchus. That's Kalim. Similarly in worlds, when we think about the worlds, they're the worlds that are, so to speak, um, um, shining divine light and the fourth world is the world which is receiving it mostly the focus is on the receiving is the world of Asiya so it comes out that the, that the number three which the, the modern Rishalmi is talking about where the mitzvahs are say in other words the world of Asiya is not counted fits according to Kabbalah because these three levels and then, uh, because these three levels are Atzilus Bri Yitzira. Corresponding to them is Chil Hashem, right? Violation of Hashem's name and the things that, which, which is, brings with the Kapoda, the atonement is only death, and then the things that the atonement is, uh, which is criticism is the basin, right? And Mitzvah Sleitasa. Um, so, right? It fits also with Yushalmi, by the way. It fits with Yushalmi because Yushalmi is more earlier. Bavli is more Kalim. So here, the three Chiloke Kapoda is talking about Eiris, Atzilus, Bria, um, and Yitzira. Kalim is, is not mentioned here. Okay, no, I, I admit I was Kabbalah, so I'm, you know, just, I just kind of paraphrased. Um, 
Yeah, you can look at R six six. He says this fits with the difference between Babli and Yishalmi in general, as Rebbe explains in many places. Yishalmi is more or Yosher, it's more light. Babli is more. Well, that's why there's not been so many questions, answers, you know, uh, challenges. Babli is all questions, answers, challenges. It's more Kalim. Yud base. All the Purush of Torah, which are in one topic, are really connected to each other. So therefore, according to that, the two Purush, the two explanations we just said, whether there's three, and Rebbe Lezman Azari, in other words, when Rebbe Lezman Azari says three, does it mean to be Shailal, Chil Hashem, which is Atzilus, is it Atzilus we're not counting, or is it Mitzvah Sasei, Asiyah that we're not counting? So even though they're two opposite things, are we counting Atzilus or counting Asiyah? They're two opposites. But actually, they're kind of connection with each other because in the Pasuk of um, Yishayol, where we say the basis of the four worlds is for my honor, Barasiv I've created, Yitzartiv I've formed, Apasiv I've even made. So the Kutateri says that Lichvaydi, of course, is Atzilus, Barasiv, Yitzartiv, Afasisiv. Sorry, oops. Erase. Backwards on the pasuk, for my for my honor, but I formed bria. Yitzartiv I have I've created, but I have formed. Af I've also made. Af means also I have made. But it says the word af, which is an also including something, is including something that's higher than bria and higher than yitzir, which is atzilus. And where does it say though? Where does it say the af, which includes atzilus, by asisiv by asiyah? Why? Because the the revelation and expression of atzilus comes out through the deed that we do in the world of Asiya. That expresses the light. That, that's where the revelation of Atsilas comes. So we have a connection between these two things. Whether it's Asiya we're counting or Atsilas we're counting, but they're both really interrelated. The expression of Atsilas is in Asiya. You'd give more than that, we could say. The connection between these two explanations is not just in the fourth thing which Shabaleza is negating, whether it's Atsilas or Asiya, even in the three things we are counting. Why? Because these three levels that we're counting, which show on Kalim, like the Alter Rebbe explained in Babli, these are connected with the three levels that actually hint to the three levels of lights. So even if you're talking about three levels of Kalim, they're actually, it, it connects to the three levels of lights, which is Modi Rishalmi. Explanations like this. About, when we talk about the Yud Gimel, the 13 Midas of Rachman, 13 attributes of mercy, so there's 10 and 3. The Pardis brings two explanations. One is that the ten are the ten spheres, and the three are the three origins higher than Atzilus. B, another option is the ten is the ten spheres, and the three are the three worlds lower than Atzilus. So is the three the crowns above Atzilus, or the three, the worlds extrapolated and lower than Atzilus? And actually, square bracket says that these two pirushim are fit with what we just said about the numbers of three and four. The ten spheres of Atzilus are also in four can be translated into four levels. So in the first explanation that we say that the three and the ten, the ten is ten spheres and the three is the higher than Atzillus. So that would mean that three means the higher than Atzillus. That means three is higher than four. According to the second explanation, three is lower than four. So again, we had a before discussion, is three lights or is three kalim? Is the three higher or the three lower? So in Chassidus we explain how are they, that there's really no argument about the ten and three. Because the, because the source of the three lower worlds 
come from the three heads of heads, the three crowns that are higher than Atzalus. So it comes out that both interpretations of the level of three, whether three is Kalim or three is Eiris, really connect with each other. And on the contrary, the Amitis Inyan the main, the true aspect of light, which is higher than Kalim, really is in the three heads of heads, Rashi, Rashi, that's higher than Atzalus. And how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you get that air is only through the interaction with the three levels that are lower than Atzalus, the three levels of Caleb. Yudalit, the same way in the three worlds of Biyotia, they're connected with the three heads of heads that are higher than Atzalus. Similarly, also the three kinds of kapara, three kinds of atonement, which their concept is to atone to an ashama in a body dafka, that's why Rabbi Lazman Azad doesn't count Hashem, they're connected with a level that's higher than the four levels of neshama, nefesh ruach neshama, chaya. It's connected to the aspect of neshama, the way it is uh, divested of body, the maki farach, the, the far off uh, uh, transcendent light, which is yichida. Yichida being the one thing with yachid, with the spark of Hashem, the spark of the creator that, that merges with a spark of the creator, that's called yichida. Yachid and Yechid Hashem is Yachid. Yechid is the highest level of Neshama, so to speak, the way they blend, the way they connect. So Dafka, that's the fourth level, because Dafka through the Aved of Neshama in a body and doing Tere Mitzvah in Gashmias, as we said, the Mitzvah of Tshuva also has to be done, just like all other Mitzvahs. So neshama in a body, that's when you can achieve the ascent of the Neshama that's higher. You affect and create an ascent in the neshama, even the way it is higher than vestment and body. Higher even than the level that's called tahirahi, even higher than atzilus. So, um, here in 75, the Rebbe says, in Kotitari, uh, in, in says that the, you make the neshama get to the fourth level of atzilus. Here the Rebbe is saying, quoting from another place, based on another place of Kotitari, that you get to a place even higher than the way the neshama is in Atzilus. So basically, uh, to sum up <laughs> just the last point, the, uh, the, uh, while, the neshama, while, uh, while the fourth level, which Rabbi Lezman Azai is not counting, is because he's not counting it because it's neshama, the way it leaves the body, actually the only way to achieve that high, it, it's, it, it's not counted because by doing the three, you get to the four. By doing uh, tshuva here in this world, you're able to affect the fourth level, which is an affect your neshama in the highest possible place. Uh, my apologies about the second, uh, about the esoteric aspect of the sikh, which I'm not fully, uh, not fully, uh, you know, fluent in, um, and not that the other one I was. But uh, thank you very much. I think the point is do the next right thing. That's true. Do what you got to do.